When you start implementing a system, you want to be very consistent in following that system because the more consistency you have, the more people are going to say, okay, this is, this is the way we're doing it. I'm on board. I'm going to follow the plan. This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMT Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn. And with me is, and I'm, I'm running out of things of ways to, well, I should say, well, you, you, sar- you say sarcastic ways. No, I, I don't say the same thing. I just, I'm running out of sarcastic ways to introduce you. So, Mm-hmm. Um, so you might have to be nice. Well, it might borderline and gotten kind of getting personal, so I don't want to do that. All right. So, well, so wait, ladies wait, and gentlemen, wait, without further ado, over here. M- Mr. Yes. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say good morning? We're obviously recording this in the morning, and then yeah. I will introduce our topic and our very, very special guest. So, good morning, Dan Gordon, PCO bookkeepers, PCO MA specialists. Um, and uh, yes, we have a very special guest and a very special topic, a continuation of one of the episodes that we did quite a while ago. But uh, why don't you introduce our guest since uh, she is one of your teammates? You know, I was nice to you this morning, Dan, and I'm realizing that I should not have done that. He, by the way, for our audience, Okay, he biffed it already. So two things. Number one, this episode is sponsored by Cole March by Workway. He didn't say that, yeah. so I'm going to give them credit and props. That's the first thing. Second thing is, if you like this episode or any of our episodes, please remember to rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, however it is that you listen to the podcast. And without further ado, today's topic is EOS implementation of field report. I'm a little nervous about this episode. I shouldn't say nervous. I am. This is a follow-up episode, much like what Dan said. We we have talked about EOS a lot on this podcast. I'm a huge believer in it. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, it has taken me a while to come around to it, but now that I'm kind of in it, I'm I'm super. I would not call myself a fanboy. I would definitely call Sharon, who is our guest, our very special guest, a fan girl. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about how you implement this and really the journey that Triangle has been taking as part of our implementation of EOS, because I can tell you it's been one big bowl of peaches. It's been super easy. And um, and so I want to introduce our guest. She's going to talk a lot about this at our company. So if you don't know, which I'm sure everyone does, um, Sharon is an absolute rock star. It's Sharon Roebuck McBride, who was recently married. Congratulations, Sharon. She has spent nine years in the pest control industry, and most of her career has been in Washington State. Uh, she has come to Triangle Home Services here in Raleigh, which is a huge change for her, but we very much enjoy having her here. Her passion, and I would absolutely agree with this, is uh, people and growing them. Uh, and as a result of growing uh, companies, she says relationships are the cornerstone of any service industry, in which I agree. Uh, Sharon is also a strong advocate in women in pest control. Uh, she started the, was it the PWIPM chapter in Washington State? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and she has uh, helped tremendously with growth and advocating for women in our industry. Um, she is also a huge advocate of the U.S. operating system. And um, eh, with that, let's talk about a little bit about her. She's a mother of three adult children. and She has four grandchildren, which we don't hear about at all at Triangle. In case you're listening, we never hear about her grandkids. Um, I'm joking. We hear about them every week, which we love. Um 
and she loves to be anywhere near water, which is true. Um, so having said all of that, Ms. Sharon, good morning, and thank you for the podcast. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, well, Sharon, why don't you talk a little bit about your background here? I I didn't do a, the best job in, in setting you up here, but let's just let's talk a little bit about your background and then kind of your path to Triangle and then what you do at Triangle. Sure. So uh, my background is uh, service industry. As far as my career goes, I owned my own uh, chimney sweep business in Denver, Colorado for about 15 years. Uh, I then relocated to Seattle, Washington, where I got into the pest control industry. I would say I kind of fell into it by accident. Um, But once I was in it, I loved it. And I stayed with the same company in uh, Washington for a little over eight years, almost nine years before coming to Triangle. Uh, That is where I started my EOS journey um, and loved it ever since. I had the opportunity to uh, connect with Donnie and he invited me to take the big plunge to move to the Raleigh area and work uh, for him at Triangle. And I decided to to do that. So um, I've been at Triangle for almost a year now. In May, it will be a year. Uh, One of my main purposes at Triangle is to implement EOS. And uh, I'm the vice president of culture and customer experience. And I will say that that Sharon has brought a ton of fun to Triangle. Um, We we were not fun before. Well, (laughs) it it all starts at the top. It certainly does. And I'm not fun, but... I won't say that I've had more fun with Sharon on board. It has been great. We we did a kickoff party in January in which we all, like I legitimately, I sung karaoke. I'll probably would never do it again in my life, but but I did do that. It was one heck of a party. And uh, and so anyway, so, so welcome. Thank you for coming on board. So we want to talk a little bit about on this episode, our journey with EOS, because we had tried and failed to implement EOS before. I, I know I've mentioned this on episodes past, but you know I was not a huge fan of EOS when it first came out, just because I felt like, uh, you know, E-Myth is you know E-Myth is systems procedures checklist. E-Myth's got all this covered, um, and it wasn't until I broke through my own issues of trying to figure out if uh, if this was just a fad or not, and I actually read the book. And I, the chapter that most stuck out to me was the culture chapter and ways to build a culture because, you know, everyone talks about it. No one talks about how to do it. And so I became a fan after that. We tried to implement, we failed. Um, and then Sharon came on board and Sharon is like, why did you fail? Did you, it, it, did you not have an implementer? You just tried. We to did not. So we didn't yourself. We Cause I hear that all the time. Yeah. You know? 100%. So we, we, we said, Hey, we can do this ourselves. We don't need an implementer, which was completely stupid, by the way, we, we should not have went down that road, but we did. And, you know, we just, when you don't have experience in it and you don't have someone kind of, there's a lot of nuances to it that it's hard to see from an outside perspective. And so Sharon, why don't you go through just briefly kind of the, the, the basics of EOS just to kind of get rehack everyone's brain. And then let's, let's roll into kind of what you ran into when you got into triangle and we can kind of start walking through how we did it. So why don't we do that? Sure. So everyone knows by now that EOS stands for Entrepreneurial Operating Systems. 
uh, which is, you know, say that fast five times. Uh, so we just call it EOS like the rest of the world, but that's really what it stands for. It is an operating system that's ideal for uh, entrepreneurial companies between 2 million, 50 million, and anywhere from two employees to 250, 300 employees. That's really its sweet spot. Uh, EOS runs on six key components, which are um, vision. So you want to have a specific vision that de defines the company's purpose. Um, at Triangle, it's ABGB, which means always be getting better. Um, and you want to make sure that that vision is shared by your whole company. Um, the second component is data. You want to make sure that you are measuring the right things, that you have a scorecard available for your company overall, which is three to seven numbers that if you were on a desert island somewhere as an owner or a CEO, you could look up those three to seven numbers on that scorecard and know whether your company is doing great on track or in trouble. So that scorecard is an important part of the data piece. Um, and having measurables for all of your processes. The next key component that you should run your company by is processes. They should be documented and followed by all. Traction is the next component. And obviously traction is a book. It's like your guidebook, your, your running manual, um, but it also teaches you to live in the 90 day world and have rocks or goals for every 90 days and a weekly level 10 meeting. The next one is issues and everybody's got them, right? So there's no point in denying that they exist. So you want to make an issues list and then identify, discuss and solve those issues. That's known as IDS, identify, discuss, solve. And then last but not least, and the most important piece of the pie in my opinion is people. None of us can run our companies without people. Having the right person in the right seat and uh, letting everyone walk in their unique abilities is the most important thing that puts it all together. It's the special sauce that makes it work. So that's a pretty uh, high level overview of, of EOS and the six key components to run your company by. So Sharon, I have a question for you. Um, I'm a listener and somehow, some way I continue to listen to this podcast. I don't know why I do that, but it's almost like a, a bad habit. I'm joking. I am listening to this podcast and I'm interested in EOS. I've read about it. How do I get started? Like, you know, if I'm, if I'm an owner and it's like, okay, yeah, I, I think I should do this. What would be the best thing for someone who is interested? I mean, we're going to talk about the benefits of doing it. And, and I will tell you in the short time that we've been doing EOS, it has absolutely transformed triangle. It really has. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, it, we would not be doing this episode. We would not be talking about this. We would, if I didn't wholeheartedly believe in the process and what it's done for our business, but, but I want to back it up for a moment for folks who, you know, they're like, okay, yep, this all sounds good. How do they go about just getting started? Like, what, what, what should be like the number one thing that they should do? So the number one thing is you want to identify your visionary in the company who is the visionary Nine times out of 10, that's going to be the owner, the CEO, the, the president. Uh, normally, that is the visionary or the leader of the company. That's not always true, but most of the time it is. So you want to start there. You want to get your leadership team on board, which means Dan said it earlier. I think he was joking, but it's completely true that everything starts at the top, right? So that top tier of leadership has to be invested and bought in or it's not going to work. 
Um, and then you can start rolling out to the rest of the organization. So there's a couple different ways you can go about it. Uh, and, and both ways can work. One way is definitely a little bit harder than the other, um, but definitely cheaper. Uh, you want to either make sure that you have someone at your company that is um, completely focused on and well-versed in EOS that's willing to own that project and push it throughout the whole company. If you can't do that, you can hire an implementer from eosworldwide.com uh, and they'll come in and implement uh, EOS for you. So there, there's not a right or wrong way. Um, I have done it both ways. I've seen it done both ways. And um, if you can afford an implementer and you're in a place to do that, that's a great way to go about it. But if you're gonna self-implement, I would definitely suggest that you have at least one person who that is their main core focus, along with other duties. They can still do their regular job, but you might want to take a little bit off of their plate and give them some time to really focus on getting EOS implemented throughout the company, which means they're going to have to know it first, forwards, backwards. So maybe invest some time in that person to train them, send them to an EOS conference, make sure that they're well-versed in EOS before they dive in to help the rest of the organization. That, by the way, what you so these, said so is these, a fantastic these, idea. Yeah, so, so these you, conferences, you, these conferences, are they for implementers or people who work for companies who are trying to implement? So they are specifically for companies running on EOS. Uh, most of the speakers at the conferences are implementers, professional EOS implementers, or you know other people in in EOS, the CEO, whoever they decide to bring in, but but all of the speakers are experts in EOS and in running EOS. So let's just take a moment, and and you know we didn't we didn't talk about this at the beginning. I'm kind of realizing we probably should. Let's let's talk about the value of EOS, the value that EOS will bring to a, to a business. You know, I, a lot of times I feel like as owners and as even leaders, we're so focused on growing the business. We're so focused on trying to get to a certain level. Sometimes it's easy to forget that you have to pay just as much attention to how you run your business. Not only, I mean, in addition to how you're getting results. And I think, you know, when you're smaller, you know, do you need EOS? Probably not. It's when you add a lot of people and you try to scale is when things start getting complicated and simple things like just basic communication gets very, very difficult. And so I, I know for me, I, you know, when I think about like, it's almost like we have to be very intentional about how we work as we're doing the work. Uh, any thoughts on that, Sharon? I mean, do you agree with that? I mean, do you feel like that's really the value of EOS? I do. I feel that it brings so much to the table in the form of uh, organization, following a blueprint, um, having a structure within the company. I know that lots of small companies that are growing and growing rapidly start to operate in a chaotic environment because you're just growing so rapidly. You're so busy. You're accomplishing so much. You spend most of your time putting out fires, sometimes the same fires over and over again. By the way, uh, for our listeners, things don't go like this at Triangle at all. We're completely wrapped up. It's just smooth as butter. There's no chaos. Nothing. We're we perfectly like, yes, a like a Swiss watch. That's right. So uh, 
EOS just brings a lot of clarity and focus. It, it actually really helps people feel uh, certain of their, like it gives them a certain security in the fact that they know that if they do have an issue, they can bring it forward. They There's a level of transparency that's involved with uh, with the VTO and being able to see our, our numbers as a company, our three-year plan, our 10-year plan, all of our goals, our quarterly rocks. Everyone knows what the company's rocks are. The, the path to where we're going is crystal clear. And um, having that accountability chart in place where people know who they need to go to for any sort of issue and, and a path to get to to the end of the road, right? If they're if they're struggling, the level ten meetings bring an opportunity for everyone to have a voice and for issues to just truly get solved and not just pushed back and forth around the table. And then it's talked about again the next week and the next week and the I next have week. to I have to pause there real quick because I remember and just for our listeners, um, if you haven't figured this out yet, uh, Sharon is our is the person that's implementing at Triangle. She's the one that owns. EOS, we all own it, but she is she is our visionary leader to drive the process for EOS. So uh, obviously, um, I don't know if I'd call myself a visionary, but I'm definitely more dialed into what the company's doing, and this is a key part. But but Sharon is the one that's driving it, and I wanted to bring it back to. Um, I want I want to talk a little bit about what you saw when you first came. You know, ultimately, when I'm thinking about our listeners, it's like okay, well, I you know I'm. I'm a, I'm a fan of EOS, but, but bringing it back to L10 meetings, I remember you saying when we first started, you're like, Donnie, you're, you're going to love L10 meetings. You're going to be excited about them. And I remember laughing internally. I'm like, I don't know that I've ever been excited about any meeting, but I, it's actually happened now. So, I so look tell forward. us what, 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 what is an L10 meeting? Why don't I let Sharon do that? Okay. So an L10 meeting is a level 10 meeting. It starts at a 10. You can so so you rate the meeting at the end. There's some qualifications, and that is that it starts on time and it ends on time. It's at the same place and the same day every week, so you know exactly what to expect. There's a very specific agenda that you follow so that it keeps you on track, and this gives people um, a time to to really one connect with their team. Uh, we love to have them in person. If you can do that, I highly recommend that. Um, when you're going through the agenda, it gives you a time for personal best, professional best. You go over your scorecard uh, for the week, and that helps you know if you're on track or not in your department, or if it's a if it's a leadership meeting in the company. Um, we go over our goals for the quarter to make sure that we're on track, and then we spend the meet. The main part of the meeting is discussing our issues. Right, we prioritize them. We take the time to go through each one. If we don't get to all of them in one week, that's okay. We leave them on the agenda for the next week, but we don't move on until we've solved that issue or have a plan to solve that issue. So um, knowing that these meetings are at a specific time, a specific day, and that they're going to start on time and end on time is just, it really gives you the freedom to know that, hey, I, I'm excited to go to this meeting. I know we're going to get some things accomplished. I know that my voice is going to be heard. I get to hear what everyone else's issues and opinions and ideas are, and then we can move on with our week. So there's never that so dread. How, of, how, how much time? So what is it? Yeah, the optimal time for a meeting? 90 minutes long. 90 minutes. Hello? 90 minutes? 
Yep, yeah. 90 minutes. Every, yep. every week. Every week. Every week. Yep. Mm-hmm. One of the things I'll say too is each month I go around and I visit with all of our managers. And by far, this is the most positive feedback I get. You know, I ask, how's, how's traction going? How's you? And without fail, every manager says, we love the level 10 meetings. And to what Shani, are you saying, always at them? Or, or no, you... I'm only at the leadership one. I don't go to, there's okay. a manager's L10. There's a leadership L10. There's a, there's a team L10. I only go to the leadership L10, um, which I think would be disruptive if I went to all of them. Um, mm-hmm. but, but long story short, the thing that, that everyone says, and I'm, and I'm not joking when I say this, that everyone has said is that we get stuff done now. And, and mainly because the focus is on issues, right? We, we look at our numbers, we look at what's going on, we connect, and then we get down to the business of doing business, you know, like, like okay. Cause we always have problems. And so, so I want to bring it back around and, and, and I want to get into implementing EOS at Triangle. And so Sharon, can you just walk us through, kind of some big wins that you've seen so far as part of our journey. And then also some big challenges. Cause you know, when I was before, in case you didn't figure it out, I was not joking at all when I said, we don't have chaos and we're growing like crazy and we just got a big crap show going on from time to time. We're in the midst of doing EOS, but we also have a lot happening at the business right now. And so uh, it's, it's kind of, I was not being sarcastic whatsoever, but can you just talk through some big wins so far with EOS at Triangle and then also some big challenges that we've had? Sure. So I feel that obviously we've just just talked about it, but the biggest win has been the L10 meetings. Um, to be a little more specific on that, Dan, you asked if uh, Donnie goes to them. So Donnie just goes to the leadership one that we have once a week, and then all of our managers have one once a week. And then those managers meet with their teams once a week. So this is cascaded all the way through the organization from the top, from, from Donnie, who's our visionary, all the way down to our field workers, right? So, so how, how many L10, how, how many L10, uh, different L10 meetings do you have? So the rule is you can only go to two. So I go to the um, the leadership one and the management one, and then those managers have one with their teams. And we have a lot. We have one for every department. So, boy, that's a good question. So we have the executive one, the managers one, the field the field technicians have one, the office has one. Our marketing department has one. Um, our HR department has one. Our door-to-door department has one. I would say we have about between eight and ten L tens a week running throughout the company. Um, and you're so only going to two. Um, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so right now, I am going to more than two uh, because. By I the way, for those not watching on YouTube, Sharon gave me a big wink. Yeah, two. Yeah. <laughs> So, so part of part of my job of implementing traction does not allow me to only go to two at this time because we're we're in the heat of training and and making sure that everyone stays on track. So so the EOS or I'm sorry, the level 10 meetings have been a big win for us. I want to make another point of uh, we didn't really talk about where this fits in. But every quarter, you should do what's called a state of the company address, and that is to the entire company. So whether you take one day and meet in one place or you have to do two or three different ones that are the same, this is has been, in my opinion, one of the things that's really helped us um, move forward with not just EOS, but our culture, our um, stability, our growth, everything. We meet with, Donnie meets with, everyone uh, quarterly 
we go over the VTO, which is the Vision Traction Organizer, which has all of our eight questions on it, our three-year target, our 10-year goal, our, our uh, three uniques, our core values. It's got everything um, that we are running on as a company. It also has uh, our goals on there. So every quarter, at the, we wrap up the quarter with a state of the company address. Donnie goes over what our goals were, if we met them, um, what our issues were, what our rocks were, which are just goals for that quarter. And uh, so, so the whole point of state of company address is where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. So those are the three things that are covered. And this is what really helps push um, EOS through the whole company because there's that transparency there where if I'm a field technician, um, I can I can look at the VTO and I'm completely clear on where we are financially. I know if we met our goals or we didn't meet our goals. I know what the plan is moving forward and I can see what the company issues are. So it's a great way to build that uh, trust through the company with such complete transparency about where the company is. It also gives our people time to see Donnie, to ask questions if they want to, which they do, um, and just build that relationship between um, our visionary and the rest of the company. That's been a big so when, point. When, when you have these meetings, so let's say the technicians have their own and the, the marketing department has their own, how did their issues and or goals uh, get moved up to the, the, the next level? That's a great question. Is that what so, they call it a level 10? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's how they get moved up. So when they bring issues forward at a department meeting, that manager then brings those issues to the manager's level 10, especially if they're cross-departmental, which we all know that in this industry, we all affect each other so much. The office does right. one thing wrong on the schedule and it trickles down all the way down to the customer, right? So absolutely, those issues get brought by that department manager up to our department level, our manager's uh, le uh, level 10, where we discuss them as a team. Um, sometimes those issues are solved right there. We, we come up with a great idea because everyone knows that 10 heads are better than one and everyone gets a chance to be heard and collaboration is one of our favorite things at Triangle. We love to collaborate and everyone throws their ideas out and then uh, we come up with a great plan. Sometimes though, those issues have to be taken up one more level where we have to say, hey, this is a bigger decision. It's a policy change or it's a process change and it it needs to be taken to our, our leadership team. And then, and then we'll take those to our leadership meeting with Donnie and our, our senior vice president, our operations manager, and myself, and we'll discuss those things there and decide, hey, do we want to change this process or do we want to eliminate this line of business? Do we want to add this one? So those are where the bigger decisions are made is that are really going to affect the company long term. But it kind of goes just up that accountability chart, which is nothing more than an organizational chart. Um, and everyone knows where to take their issues. And it all starts at the L10 where they can be heard and, and have a voice. So that is a great question, Dan. And that's exactly how that rolls up. Let me add that this is this is one of the biggest reasons that people like these meetings is because, part my language, but shit just gets done. Like, you know, they're, like when something comes out of a meeting, like let's just say something comes out of a tech L10, there's going to get a decision made that week. And it's going to come back the following week. And there's going to be, 
there's going to be clarity as to this is how we're moving forward. Now, some decisions may take longer than a week, but point is, is that whatever that problem issue that the technician brings up, it's going to get heard all the way through that week. And, and it may get dealt with, it may not be, but it's not going away until we figure out this is how we're, it, it may come back and be like, well, suck it up, buttercup. There's nothing we can do, right? Then that might be the answer, or it may be like, no, you're right. We need to change this. And so I think when I bring it back to the L10s and why they're so popular, at least at Triangle, is that people feel like they're heard and things get done, they get resolved. And so this is to me, probably one of the greatest parts of our L10 meeting is the focus on issues and the focus on getting things, you know, resolved, accomplished, um, and dealt with. And so we can move forward because that's the, you know, when you start tacking on problems and people start realizing like, Hey, I give my input, no response to it. Nothing happens anyway. What does that do to the culture? Like it just starts a, a, a really negative, um, cycle. And so this, People are like, yeah, I'm listened to, and I may not always like the answer, but things are happening, and and people are in, and they care, and it just it's a big deal. So now let's talk about some dirt here, Sharon. We're we're getting close on time, and I want to I don't want people to think that we just have got all everything figured out, and we're just doing so great at Triangle. Because by the way, we we I have we've had a lot of success, but we've also had a lot of challenges. And I will tell you, I know this is going to shock Sharon when I say this. My biggest challenge is just speed. I would love to go faster. That is. <laughs> I know it's shocking to hear that for me, but yes. So uh, obviously there's growing pains whenever you're implementing something new and just keeping everyone track on track can feel like uh, a challenge. So um, one of our biggest challenges, in my opinion, is that uh, when you start implementing a system, you want to be very consistent in following that system because the more consistency you have, the more people are going to say, okay, this is, this is the way we're doing it. I'm on board. I'm going to follow the plan. There's still that temptation to go outside of the plan, right? So uh, to, to go around their managers and it's never um, malicious or on purpose, but sometimes the culture of speed that we have a triangle um, is something that I've really never seen before because I am a speed person. I want everything done yesterday. So I have to have a lot of self-discipline to not put that on other people because I am very much like, get this done, get it done now. So we have kind of a culture of that at Triangle, which is a great thing for getting shit done, right? But sometimes it's a problem because sometimes if we don't get the answer that we want immediately, we'll just keep asking other people until we get our point across, get what we want, try to move quicker. So following the accountability chart can be a challenge. Um, People will skip their managers sometimes and walk into my office and say, what about this, this, and this? And I'll say, why don't you put that on the IDS for next week for L10? And have you talked to your manager? Mm -hmm. I think I'm gonna get t-shirts for us. (laughs) Have you talked to your manager? Because uh, we seem to kind of still want to go outside of that accountability chart. And that just causes chaos and confusion, mostly because then your manager doesn't know what's going on with you, with issues that you're having. Um, We have sometimes we have some managers that will ask another person's employee to do something 
or for information without looping that manager in. And that's where the communication starts to get muddy and slide back to where it was pre-EOS. I would say out of everything, that is probably our biggest challenge is to just follow that structure that's been set out for us. And by the way, Sharon is being very nice because I'm a huge offender of this. I've tried my best to get better, but I am definitely one that I'm running at a certain speed. And I don't even want to take the time to include. I'm like, if that person handles it, I'm going to call them. Let's figure it out. Let's go. And uh, this one has been a difficult one for me. to. But I have been trying. We'll say that. What other challenges? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Some of the other challenges are more... um, Once we have everything, once you have everything implemented at the top and with your management staff, you can start, sometimes you can start feeling like, hey, we got this. But you have to remember that it takes a long time to trickle throughout the whole organization, right? So it's getting those frontline people on board, bought in, uh, practicing it every day. So that can be a challenge. It is presenting as a challenge for us. And it, I think it would in any sort of service industry where there's technicians in the field, the people who are in the office that are together every day that are practicing this discipline every day, get it a lot sooner. But you have to think about it. If you're in the field all week and you're just in the office or, or sometimes on a Zoom once a week, for a meeting, you're not getting that complete saturation of what this um, system can do. So I think it is always a challenge to get it implemented throughout the whole company. It just takes time and consistency. I can't uh, drive home any any stronger that the more consistent you are with following the process in the beginning, feeling those growing pains, being patient, Uh, the bigger win you're going to have on on the outside. So I would say the second biggest challenge we have is just getting this throughout the whole company. Um, We are starting some additional trainings for our field workers. We've had them all get the book, What the Heck is EOS? You should give that to every new person walking through your door so you can, you know, kind of tuck them under the umbrella and help them grow uh, in, in the system as they're new with the company so they understand what it is. But that has been a challenge for us as well. You know, so is there a is there a maximum number of issues that you want on your list and what happens to the issues that you want on the list but are you know there's just too many what what do you do with them So before you start your IDS session session every week at your L10 you want to prioritize the issues right so you as a team decide hey we're going to prioritize these we're going to actually number them in case we run out of time those issues that you don't get to stay on the IDS for the next week. Then you reprioritize the issues the next week. So when you're solving issues, they either go to a to-do list, which has to be done in seven days. They get put on a, a quarterly issues list, which means, hey, we know this is an issue. It's not a it's not an imperative issue that we deal with this quarter because we already have our rocks set for this quarter. So we're going to put this on our VTO under issues to deal with next quarter. So they either get solved uh, and made a rocker to do uh, or they get pushed forward, but they don't get removed. The only way that they get would get removed is if everyone agrees, okay, this is solved. We have a process in place for this now. Let's move on. And, and that list by far is it's not static whatsoever. I mean, you know, we, it's probably maybe one to three things that are consistently on our issues list. You know, we try to, we try to take action 
And much like what Sharon said, either it either results in a to-do, it gets bagged, or it's like, well, you know, it's something gets done and and then and then we move on. And so the one thing I will highlight for our listeners here is the genius of this system. If you think about this just for a moment, if you're an owner and and you're anything like me, you're constantly solving problems and you're trying to get somewhere. What that turns into is eight million priorities. And what also it turns into is people not being super clear on this is what I need to get done right now. The beauty of EOS is the discipline it brings to you as an owner and the discipline it brings to the organization to really think through your 90 days and to understand that things are going to pop up, but nothing happens until, and not to say that you can't change a rock, you can, but it's rare, right? It's like, you know, it's something that... that you do intentionally. And so what it does is it allows people, number one, it allows you as an owner or a visionary to know, okay, we're going to get to the things that I want to do, but it also gives your team time to get things done. You're not constantly, you know, left to my own devices, you know, we would start 8 million projects and we would get about seven of them, 7 million of them halfway done. And so it's almost like, you know, you, you spend all this time dealing in chaos. And so I like it because I know, okay, the big picture things are going to happen. And then I believe our team likes it because it's absolute clarity of like, this is what's the priority right now. And this is what needs to happen right now. And that 90 day cycle allows you to continually to number one, give inputs into the business, but keep it at a pace where things actually get accomplished. Like, do you keep done. do you keep a list of things that have been solved like like we 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 do this and we're probably nowhere near as good as you but we use Basecamp right and we just you know once it's done we cross it off but we have a history of what we've done so that we can see if we're making progress do you do that I can tell you right now my brain is always five years ahead mm-hmm. so once it falls off it's gone once it's it falls gone. Off, it's gone and. <laughs> We but, sort of. but how do you how do you monitor whether you've really done a good job with solving the issue? So identify, discuss, and solve. If it's solved, it doesn't come up again. If it starts to come up over and over again, I I make people stop and say, okay, wait a minute, is this solved? We you know, and sometimes it's not. Sometimes we think it's solved, and and we go down the road of the new process that we've created, and then we we say, hey, this. This isn't solved. Turns out there's some other pieces of this, but we do have our agenda, Stan. So every week we have an LTEL agenda. So uh, the agenda has all of our notes from the meeting. It has all the issues. It has our to do's. It even, we even write down our personal and professional best on those. So uh, if I, I have gone through past agendas several times, especially for the managers meetings, because something will come up again and I'll say, nope, that we already decided that. And someone will say, no, we didn't. And all I have to do is pull up that agenda that says we decided so-and-so is going to own this and put it on the to-do list. So they, we do have a, a track record, if you will, of what we've discussed. Very rarely do we have to go back to them, but it is handy to have those agendas. And we just keep them in a folder in Google Drive per month, per year, per week. And then people can access those. Also, we list the to-dos on there. So the managers are constantly going back to see what's on their to-do list because that to-do list has to be completed in seven days. So when we come back for the next meeting, we go over our to-do list and we say, is it done or not done? And if it's not done, we IDS why it's not done and either reassign it out or so on and so on. So yes, we do have somewhat of a history. 
Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, we're out of time. Sharon, I just want to say thank you for coming on board. This has been a fun episode to do. And I feel like we just scratched the surface. Like there's so much going on. There's so much that we've done. So many wins that we've had and so many losses that we've taken. I feel like, you know, we give our listeners just a little glimpse behind the curtain. We will probably have you on just, just for our listeners. I have a, a major rock for the year, a, a big goal that I want to be 80% on the EOS. Um, and, and, you know, when you go into, when you get into EOS, they'll say 80% is kind of the benchmark, right? That's, that's when you're, know, you're really doing well. Um, and, you know, the idea that someone would be 100% is almost, I don't want to say it's impossible. I would just say. Well, the, would, the, the, the idea that you've got somebody who's on the team all the time, as opposed to every quarter swooping in, you know, uh, telling you what you're doing wrong and whatnot, or what you're doing right. And then swooping at, I, I love the idea I think you have to, I mean, if I had to do this again, which by the way, with Sharon, we don't need an implementer. Sharon is our implementer at Triangle. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But, but if I, like, if I didn't have someone like that on my team, absolutely. I would use an implementer now, now that I've seen it, because there's a lot of things that you can read and totally screw it up in your interpretation of it. Um, I mean, it's just, there's only so much you can gain out of a book. And so Sharon's recommendation at the very beginning was spot on, which is if you want to go down this road and you don't have someone on your team, that's an implementer, there's very well versed in this. I would get to a conference, really understand how this works and then get someone on your team and say, and then maybe bring in an implementer that swoops in because you'd again, <clears throat> having someone that's kind of outside the fray that has a different perspective, they can see things that you're not going to see. They're going to see dynamics happening on the team that you're not going to see. And so it's, it's actually, I think it's valuable having kind of that, that outside perspective. I don't know that they would be solving everything, but at least to have that perspective, I think would be really, really good. And then the other part of it is, is that, I mean, let's just be real here. It's the work of, I mean, implementing US is not easy, um, but it absolutely helps tame the chaos. And it absolutely, I mean, for me, it has, again, it's been a game changer at our business and I'm super excited about where it's going. And I'm really excited about us getting to 80% by the end of the year. So having said all of that- how do, you, Sharon, how do you measure that? How do you measure 80%? Oh, that's a great question. We're going to answer this one. Questions. We're going to answer this one and then we got we to gotta close. But yeah. Sharon, would you like to take that one or you want me to? So there's an organizational checkup that you can do. It's super easy. You send out to your employees. It asks eight questions where you are on a scale of one to 10 and those eight questions, and then it gives you a score. So you want to just make sure that you're doing that every quarter. Um, plus you'll see things drop off the issue list. You'll see your culture change. You'll see everything tighten up. You'll definitely know. So. Yeah. For, for me, I have, I have gone through and looked at like, here are the tangible tools. How many of these tools are we using? Um, and, and ultimately, you know, it goes back to what Sharon said, you know, you, you look at what, what these surveys are saying, and you look at what you're, how you're behaving as a business. And if, if you're behaving and you're actually following the system and your, your, your organizational checkup is moving up, you're in the slot in my mind, you're making progress. So, all righty. Well, Sharon, we're going to bring you in for another update, probably towards the end of the year, just to check in and see how we're doing. Um, and, and Dan, anything to add before we finish out? No, I think this has been really uh, productive, really helpful. I know I'm going to have a couple of people from my, uh, firm who we, you know, we've been implementing, but not to the degree that you have and probably not the 80%, but we're definitely going to study this, uh, this episode, because I think it's very helpful. 
No, it's been, and, and I will say that Sharon has just been fantastic. I mean, you know, so, so thank you, Sharon, for, well, for not thanks. only being at Triangle, but helping us get through this process because it has absolutely changed our business. And I'm excited about where it's going. So we didn't talk about our values. We didn't talk about the big goals. We didn't talk about all the things that what this is actually going to turn into, but, but we absolutely can talk about that in a later episode. And with that, we're going to sign off. Just a reminder, all the resources and topics we talked about today are available on our podcast website pmpindustryinsider.com. Just take a look under show notes for this show. And with that, Sharon, thank you very much. Dan, I will see you later. Thanks, Sharon. You guys take care. Take care. Bye-bye.